Good luck. Okay. <laughs> it's like a song. That song's like it's like a scratch that has to be itched every Christmas now. <laughs> it's kind of hard to follow after that. Well, it's Advent, and maybe for a lot of folks, they really uh, don't know what Advent is. It's that season of waiting. Uh, in, in preparation. It's a time of preparing our hearts. Uh, for the um, people of the Israelites, they waited over 400 years for the Messiah. And the advent in anticipation and waiting for us is there wait, we're waiting for the return of Jesus Christ. We're waiting for his return. So we're waiting too. And talk about waiting, we've been waiting uh, for quite a few months for this wonderful news that James Baird, or Jamie, uh, is coming to be the pastor uh, and uh, your congregational vote. Uh, when the uh, pastor nominating committee uh, said we have a special emergency meeting of the session, and I think the staff kind of panicked <laughs> because they thought, emergency, what does this mean? Uh, maybe it's not good news, bad news. And so I said to the staff, this is normal. This is called a special meeting of the session when the pastor nominating committee comes and they are presenting their final candidate and wanting to have your approval for the first step and also the terms of the call so they can then be called a congregational meeting so you can vote to decide. I don't think they believe me, you know. They, they thought, or, or. Um, but uh, during this time of waiting, uh, it's been, uh, been hard, I think, for a lot of folks. I, it, uh, you know, you, you, you anticipate, you, you can't, can't you move quicker? Um, you know, and maybe you've said that to members of the pastor nominating committee. Uh, but I think what it is, is, it is they're really uh, searching for that person that God has chosen the one that God has chosen to be the next uh, senior pastor here. And that's hard to be waiting. I think uh, it's, uh, it's hard to be patient, isn't it? I mean, patient is really not one of our virtues, I think, most Americans. We, we struggle with that. Uh, but I want to thank you for the way that you uh, have, uh, through these, these months, uh, faithfully uh, attended, uh, participated in the life of the church, have uh, supported the church financially and with your 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 effort and all that you've done, and also uh, it's a, been a difficult time and yet a good time for the staff uh, while they've been waiting. And I've really seen that not only have they uh, they they uh, fulfilled uh, their work and and responsibilities faithfully, but above and beyond, it's been that kind of time of uh, instead of sitting back and waiting and doing nothing. It's been a time of moving forward and really trusting God and acting. So uh, it's been a real joy to see that. So uh, this is my 11th interim. Uh, yeah, and I just want to thank you. It's been a privilege to be with you, so I'll be with you through the end of January. I'll be preaching January 1, and let me tell you the sermon title, so maybe you'll maybe make a special effort to be here. How to Treat a Pastor. Okay? 
I've been in the ministry a few years, so uh, it's just a few practical pointers uh, as we talk about that. Well, it, it is uh, Advent. It is a time of preparation. It is a time of anticipation. Uh, and it's just only a week now until this celebration of Christmas. Christmas tide officially begins Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. And this is uh, Advent. Some of you have your traditions have had uh, Advent uh, candles. Maybe you're lighting the candle each each uh, 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 Sunday. Uh, and this would be the candle that you would write, light for angels, right? Or love, in some cases. Uh, and we're going to talk about what's the result of this time of waiting. I believe it is that God gives us a song. Because you know your own story that during times when you wait and you're anticipating, it's really difficult to be patient. It's difficult to wait. I don't think we, we, we wait well, and it's hard to wait. It's hard to trust. But in the midst of that, God gives us a song, and that's what we're talking about tonight, today. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, as we gather this morning around your word. We pray that your word will remind us that while we uh, struggle with waiting, and we are waiting, Lord, for your return, oh, Lord, come quickly. And while we wait, we ask that you would help us that we would have a song in the midst of the waiting and even in the midst of the darkness and the unknown. Because what we trust in is that you have come, Emmanuel, to be with us, and you have given us your peace, your deep abiding peace that transcends all of these things. And Jesus, you said you would never leave us nor forsake us, that you would give us your peace, not as the world gives, but a, a, a real peace, not just feelings that come and go, but you would give us your peace. We ask for that song in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, Matthew and Mark are really the two Gospels that tell us the uh, uh, story of the Incarnation the coming of the Christ child. But Luke doesn't begin with that uh, uh, story right away. He begins with the story, uh, the uh, story of Zechariah. Zechariah and Elizabeth. Remember, Elizabeth is the relative of Mary who is to have the Christ child. And, uh, and as we see later on, Mary will come to be with Elizabeth. But Zechariah was a priest in the temple he was one of the major priests. He was an elderly man, an older man, and so was Elizabeth. And they were uh, quite um, noted for their, their faithfulness, their, their diligence, their walk with God. Um, and uh, Zechariah, as we uh, open up Luke chapter 1, Zechariah has been chosen to offer incense, this now, every, every uh, day, there is incense burned in the morning and in the evening. But once a year, 
there's this special offering of incense of acknowledgement and celebration of the people of Israel following Yahweh, following God. And so it is uh, his duty uh, to go into the Holy of Holies and to offer this incense. And the people outside are waiting. I mean, there's the crowds of people are in anticipation waiting outside <clears throat> for him to exit, having been inside the Holy of Holies. Maybe some of you have studied this, but whenever the chief priest or the priest enters into the Holy of Holies, the place where the ark is, and the place where it is to symbolize God's presence, the priest, along their garment, <clears throat> are sewn bells so they can hear if the priest is still alive. He's not been struck dead. Uh, and, and not only that, they tie a rope around one of his legs so that if he uh, offends the, the, in the Holy of Holies does the wrong thing and is struck dead, at least they can pull him out. I mean, that's how serious it is. And I think sometimes, because they, they recognize this was worship of, of the living God. This is, this is the God of all creation. And, and this, they were in awe of this. I think sometimes <clears throat> we enter into worship too glibly, too uh, facetiously, too, too, too lightly. We're, we're talking about, when we gather in worship, we're talking about worshiping the living God. We're talking about worshiping the God of all creation. I mean, when you stand on the mountainside or hillside and you look at the behold the stars, I mean, this is the God of all creation. And this was how serious it was. And so all these people <clears throat> were waiting outside to see him uh, exit and, and uh, to be able to acknowledge to the people that that God has been lifted up and praised and the incense has been offered. I mean, it was a, a wonderful, holy moment in the Israeli nation. Well, as he entered into the Holy of Holies and he went to uh, uh, offer this incense, standing beside the incense burner was an angel. <laughs> and... uh Again, it's interesting. Every time there's an angel uh, appearing, what what uh, does the angel have to say? Don't be afraid. <laughs> I would be afraid, <laughs> you know. And so uh, he, uh, the angel then tells him that he's there. This is Gabriel. Now this is this is one of the highest of the angel order. And he has just come from God. He has this message to give to, Gabe, to, to Zechariah. Zechariah, he says, you're going to have a son. And uh, you're going to name him John. And, and Zechariah, I'm sure, is thinking, uh, I'm an old guy. And Elizabeth, my wife, is also old. I mean... I can imagine an angel coming to me and telling that Suzanne's got married. <laughs> but, but he was done plus. I mean, it was like hard to believe. And uh, so the angel says, all right, because you don't believe what I've told you, the, this is the word of the Lord, because you don't accept the word of the Lord, you're not going to be able to speak through the entire time of her pregnancy until John is born. Okay, 
And so he, he was mute. He could, could not speak. So he went outside when he exited the temple, the Holy of Holies. The people were waiting for some announcement, some, some, some declaration that he could give, and he can't speak. And so the people think, well, what has happened to Zechariah? I mean, he's, he can't talk. Uh, and um, uh, then, uh, so he, he leaves his duties. He goes back, and it says he's finished his uh, priestly responsibilities. He goes back home. And then the next thing we read, that it is in the sixth month. Uh, so six months have gone by. So um, Elizabeth is pregnant. Okay? But then it says in the sixth month, something occurs in this little village called Nazareth. Another angel comes to this dumpy little village. I I thought about uh, calling this sermon two Jewish kids in a dumpy little village. (laughs) You know. Uh, But it's this dumpy little, little way out of the way village, Nazareth. And that this virgin, Mary, uh, has been a visitation by an angel, by Gabriel, again. And that's the annunciation that we think of, the announcement, that she is going to bear the Christ child. She is going to have the Messiah, and she is going to have this child. And of course, quite naturally, she has questions too. How can she as a virgin. She's never known a man. She's never had sexual intercourse. She's a faithful uh, follower of, of the, <clears throat> the Jewish religion. She understands about chastity. And, and she's betrothed to Joseph. She understands that. And so she asks the question, how can she? And so the angel tells her how that the Holy Spirit will come and that it will be, in fact, the Messiah who is the one, the anointed one. And then what happens is that Mary, it says, Mary arose. I love uh, here in Luke, he always says, now, now this, now. It's, it's very factual. You ever notice in Scripture the detail that's there? I mean, it's just marvelous. It, it, like, for example, when it said about the angel appearing to Zechariah, it said, on the right side of the incense burner. Why, why that detail? I mean, all the detail. And so, anyway, so, uh, Mary says uh, she arose and she went to be with Elizabeth. And so she went to Ein Karim. It's about 90 miles south of Nazareth. It's a little little village just outside of, um, of Jerusalem. And uh, let's see those pictures of the uh, village uh, before I read that scripture. Uh, if, if, you're, if you're driving, and we, we used to live there in Jerusalem, and it was about a 30-minute drive uh, into the hills of Judea. This, this, the scripture says the hills of Judea, but it's Ein Karim, and this is that little village hillside, uh, and there's a church that is um, celebrating Mary's visit to Elizabeth. And there's a, there's, a, there's a spring there that she's supposed to have drunk from. And also, uh, what happens is then Mary, when she receives this news, 
she sings a song. That song is called the Magnificat. Uh, and and it's, uh, here it is. It's in uh, 57 different languages posted on the wall of that church. Uh, and it, this is the song that Mary sings in response to this news. And it's, it's actually from, this, from the first line of this song, My soul magnifies the Lord. So it's called the Magnificat. <clears throat> so what happens? Mary, in anticipation and waiting, and here she is, pregnant, probably just a few months, makes her way to Ein Karim, which is there in the hill country of Judea, and she sings this song in praise to God. Again, what happens whenever God begins to work in your life? When you come to know Jesus, Jesus gives you a song. There's joy. Because what happens is you you, you recognize that you're you're lost, but now you're found. That that, uh, Pascal says God has shaped in each person a God-shaped vacuum. That emptiness that is filled, you, you're now complete. You're now, you're now restored to be a child of God. Not only just a person of God's creation, but now you're, you're restored into right fellowship with God. And what happens when you're restored into right relationship with God, it begins to restore your own humanity. I believe the subconscious, as a psychologist, I'm telling you, I don't think the subconscious existed before the fall. I don't think we were separated. But because of the fall, we're separated from ourselves. We don't even often know what our feelings are. We don't understand why we do things. We're, we're, we're divided. And what happens is that when, when we're restored into a relationship with God, it begins to restore our humanity. And the God gives us what we're going to find out as the angels sing is he gives us a song because he gives us his peace. He gives us his deep abiding peace. And later we'll hear the song of the angels. Well, then Mary is with uh, Elizabeth there in Ein Karim for three months. And can you imagine these two women uh, being together. In fact, what happens when Mary comes to Elizabeth, it says the baby in Mary in Elizabeth's womb leapt, filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, I've thought about that. Can you imagine this baby in her womb, six months, and the Holy Spirit comes into the baby, John, at six months. How in the world can anybody justify aborting the child at nine months? I can't imagine that. And so, there's this time, these two women. God is at work. Here John is to be the one who is preparing the way, uh, who, who, is, who is to be the one who gives the advance of, of, of who Jesus, the Messiah, is. Remember his story, John the Baptist. And, and, and Jesus in Mary's womb. And then after three months, she goes back, back to Nazareth. And then um, uh, uh, Elizabeth 
has the baby John. He's delivered. And so everybody says, uh, what's his name going to be? Zechariah. And uh, so uh, Elizabeth says, no, no, no. His name is John. They said, that's not his dad's name. Uh, but his name is John. Well, then Zechariah stepped forward. And he took a tablet and he, he wrote, his name is John. And at that moment, his tongue was loosened. And he began to sing. I mean, he began to sing praises to God. He began to sing of how God has loosed like out of a prison. He begins to sing how God is, has, has sent one, this Emmanuel, to free us from our sins, to pay our sins. It's almost as if, I don't remember if you've done this, but I remember years ago, when you paid your bills, you went down to PG&E or you went down to uh, the department store or whatever, and you went up to the counter and the bill was there, and they would take this metal thing and they'd go, cha-ching, pain in full. I love that sound. You know, it's like it really is paid. Ching, And that's what he's saying. That was Zechariah's song. This God who's come, Emmanuel, who's coming, he's going to pay for all of our sins. He's going to free us from this prison of sin. He's going to send us. And so Zechariah sings. Well, then... Chapter 2 of Luke moves forward. And this is where he says that it came, now <laughs> it came to pass. And this is the story of this child who's laid in the manger. This birth of this in this lowly place in this dumpy little village. And then what happened? There were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch of their flocks by night. I've been to Bethlehem, and you, from the place where it's supposed to be his birth, they built a church. You can see the hillsides where they were. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. Yes. That's, that's ordinate. That's fitting. Yeah. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David, Bethlehem, meaning house of bread, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in the manger. And suddenly there was with that angel a multitude of heavenly hosts of angels praising God and singing. Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. I believe this song is the first birthday song to Jesus. You know, often the kids, whenever they gather 
uh, to celebrate Jesus' birthday. They sing, happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you. So it is the first birthday song to Jesus. And yet this is a momentous announcement of the radical, radical transformation of humankind. And while we celebrate Easter, of that event of Jesus completing that work, this is the beginning, this incarnation, Emmanuel with us. This is the momentous, the most momentous news that humankind has ever heard. And of all people, these shepherds, shepherds were the people who were really outcasts in many ways. They weren't allowed into social service. I, I believe for some accounts say they can't even vote. Uh, they, they were like homeless people. And here they receive this good news. And then they hear this song of the angels. Again, Mary sings a song. This song of this deliverer who is coming. Zechariah sings this song of what the Savior will do. He will set us free from our sins. This, these angels sing this song, this song of celebration. And I believe as they sing this song, they really it has three parts. Because the first part is that he, on earth he will bring peace. Well, first, first uh, look at that. You almost say, wait a minute, let's take stock of that. Let's stop for a minute. What about what's going on right now in Aleppo? What's, what about the people in Syria and Iraq? What about what the, the, all the stuff that Russia is trying to do or China or, or Korea? I mean, let's, let's get real about women and children being abused and let's talk about is there really peace? Well, he says, it's not as the world would give that I give unto you. What, what Jesus is talking about is this piece of transformation moving us from being separated and lost to having been found, having this deep abiding peace, because as I said earlier, it's not about your emotions. Because I, you understand, and I do, that there are people who go through great trials and depression and darkness in their lives, and you ask, well, where is that peace that you're talking about? I believe what it is, is that God gives you a subtleness in spite of all life's difficult circumstances, all of life's changing circumstances. And it's always changing it's never static. It never stays the same. And also, we're, we're very fearful. There's so much fear in us. What God does is God replaces that fear with that sense of security that you are in Christ. You are in Christ. God has completed that work. While your emotions may come and go, while you may not know all, the, all this, what, what, understand it, and often, as I said, during these periods of waiting and darkness, it's hard to be patient. We don't understand. But what we come back to is we come back to this. This is what I know. I'm a child of God. 
Jesus Christ has completed the work. Cha-ching, it's done. I'm a child of God. I remember I studied with Francis Schaeffer in Switzerland, and one of the things he said in going through the dark days of his life, he said, the only thing I could say is I could say is I know, I know, I know I'm a child of God. I know, I know I'm a child of God. And so here, the angels could sing this song. God gives peace. That's the work of Christ, to bring peace. And that's the message of during this Advent and Christmas season. Even while we're waiting, God gives us this deep abiding peace and he sustains us and he holds us because it is Emmanuel, God with us. He had to come as a flesh, a real body. It can't be temporal. It can't be philosophical. It can't be theoretical. It had to be real. God had to come in human flesh so it could really die physically upon a cross. So Easter could be that declaration that we have freedom in Jesus Christ. The debts have been paid. I think the angels went on to sing glory to God in the highest because that's the ordinate thing. That's the fitting thing. That is the right thing that we do because when we know ourselves, we know our limitations, we know our brokenness, we know our fickleness, we know our changeableness. And the one ch- thing that does not change is God's love and grace never changes. You always know that you are secure and bound up in the bundle of the living. You are part of what God is doing. And the Christmas message that comes to us is God, Emmanuel, is with us. He is for us. Maybe you've never really put your trust in Jesus. If you have not, may this Advent Christmas season be the day that you simply raise empty hands of faith because it's not anything we do. It's not because we are worthy. It's not because of something we do to make ourselves spiritual. It is simply that gift of God's grace and God's peace that he comes And he gives us a song. He gives us a song in the midst of the waiting in the darkness. I love you. I love you. You are my child. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we're we're here today, one week from celebrating your birth. This incredible coming of God in the flesh. It's beyond our imagination or understanding that this gift should be given to us. But I thank you, Jesus, that you came. You really did come. You come, you came to you came to set us free. You came to pay the price for our sin. You came to loose the prison doors and free us from all of our uh, fears and longings and aspirations so that we can be set free to live life. You've come to give us life abundantly. And you said you would never leave us. 
you would never forsake us, that the peace you give is not as the world gives, but the peace you give is transformative. It is that changes our story. We can live life with abundant joy because we have been found. We who are lost have been found and set free. Thank you for this gift. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.